This is Higher Education, a podcast brought to you by Catapult Solutions Group. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second part of this two-part podcast episode brought to you by Catapult Healthcare. I'm your host, Gabrielle, and we are joined again by Suzanne Raymond, National Recruiter with Catapult Healthcare, Shannon Kanakaole, Recruiting Operations Manager with Catapult Healthcare, and Paul Shu, a registered nurse in the great state of Pennsylvania. So thank you guys for joining us again for part two. Thanks, Gabrielle. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. Well, you know, in the previous video, we talked a little bit about how to choose an agency to work with as a registered nurse. And, you know, we are about to continue that discussion with questions about how you should prepare yourself uh, more specifically for your first day. So, Paul, if I could ask you, how should you prepare for your first day of work? You know, where do you go? Who do you talk to? Uh, all those sorts of things. And, you know, after the first day, do you follow up with the agency or do you wait a week? Uh, definitely follow up with them. I, I, my memory serves me correctly. Suzanne may have followed up the day, uh, the end of the day or, or that day. If not, it might have been the, the immediate next day to check in with me to make sure I was okay and I was, you know, nothing kind of um, hit any snags. Um, for your first day and, and what you're going into, make sure you review your orientation uh, kind of packet. There's going to be a piece of information almost hopefully most facilities are going to uh, have that they give the agency to, to make sure the nurse knows here are the expectations. They might be communicating directly with the nurse uh, from the organization, um, really making sure that you know where you should be, what time you should be there, uh, what the dress code is for that day. Uh, normally, um, you know, they have some flexibility in those, those areas because you're not going to be on the floor usually the first day um, for orientation. Um, and just, you know, the layout of like how long you're going to be there, make sure like if you need to pack a lunch or not, water bottle, you know, small things like that. Um, and just, they'll even have it down to like where you should park, where you expect to park those kind of things. Make sure, uh, and even if you haven't been to the facility, uh, it might even warrant you driving over there and make sure you get your timing, you know, where to park, where to go. Um, so you don't get lost or, or kind of mixed up your first day. I would add to that, you know, um, really from our perspective and, you know, Susie does a great job at this, right? You know, not oftentimes recruiters are checking in with their providers. You know, we talk about communications and transparency, right? Communication is at the forefront too of a relationship between provider and agency. And so checking in right at the end of their shift, checking in before they even go into the walk into the doors. Uh, also simultaneously, and if the agency has the ability to, reviewing the first day instructions that are also provided to the provider. Sometimes agencies actually obtain the first day instructions prior to them starting. Uh, so usually, you know, how it works out if uh, orientations on a Monday will get the first day instructions on a Friday, um, you know, pending clearance from compliance standpoint. Once we get that orientation instructions, you know, ideally in, in our situation and what Catapult does, you know, we're simultaneously reviewing that information. A big thing that, you know, that, that's at the forefront of a lot of these hospitals is how large and sizable they are or how many campuses they have, right? Um, I can think about, you know, one facility we do a lot of business with in Hawaii, um, in the middle of Honolulu, Hawaii, where, you know, there's three or four campuses that spread throughout, you know, a, a 250 mile radius island. And so sometimes, you know, if you're just looking online or sometimes if you're if you're really traveling and you're going from one state to another state that you've never been in before, um, getting there early, like Paul said, 
is, is huge, right? Getting there early and understanding what the lay of the land looks like. But even more importantly, where do I park? <laughs> where do I park my car? And where's the entrance to the hospital? Can I just walk in the ER? Where am I going to meet my, orient, uh, my orientation people? Um, you know, is, is orientation going to even be at the campus that I'm going to be, you know, working at? And those are some things that, you know, especially if you're a new travel nurse, those are things that you might not be thinking about that hopefully from this podcast, you, you, you get out of it. Right. And I, I would say, you know, Paul definitely would, would agree with that. And there's probably a lot more things, you know, kind of going through contracts, Paul, right. That, that you've learned that, Hey, maybe I should have asked that before. I didn't think about it that way too. Uh, of course. And especially if you're coming from out of town, uh, it might not be the best thing to show up the morning of, uh, you know, arrival. Uh, you, just, you just got in town and you're like, you have only a few minutes to figure out where where you need to be. Uh, so it's helpful to, to get there uh, a little bit before, if not the day before. Usually I hear people come in a couple of days before they start somewhere, if, especially if they're unfamiliar with the area and, and the uh, facility. Absolutely. And, you know, Paul, I mean, there's probably the differences between the contracts as well that maybe you could elaborate a little bit um, on extending a contract versus canceling one. Sure, I can speak uh, definitely to extending. um, But, you know, the hours that are are usually really um, an upfront thing that you can see um, that their expectation is usually stock, usually 36 hours. Some are more, some uh, have flexibility for less. making sure that if you are in the contract and started, um, that one, you're comfortable, you know, going forward. I know sometimes people, uh, they don't and they feel like this is not what they signed up for. Uh, that happens, unfortunately. So trying to have communication like Shannon and Susan said, uh, as much as possible with your recruiter, the facility if need be, um, and then making adjustments uh, if possible um, with them. And then where I've come, uh, my experience thus far is I'm, I'm going to be over a year uh, with the same facility. So um, extending my contract has been a relatively um, uh, easy process for me because um, Catapult and Suzanne and Shannon have really um, been able to handle most of that and very little on my part, just make sure I, I'm kind of staying up with you on what the facility is communicating to me. Um, kind of like, hey, we'd like to extend you. Uh, we're going to reach out to your agency, or or they're saying they say that and nothing's happened. So, um, really just passing that information along to Shannon, I'm sorry, Suzanne, maybe, uh, and say, hey, you know, the, the manager said this to me, just let you know, follow up. Uh, and that's really uh, been a, a process that is easy to go through. Yeah, absolutely. Just finding that comfort and then also the communication and transparency with your recruiting manager, just so that's there. And uh, Paul, you know, can you also tell us about any adjustments that can happen, you know, during your placement and, you know, if they happen, which they will, and how to deal with them in the best way? Sure. So a lot of contracts have kind of a, on them, you know, you can be floated to other units, even though you might not be in the float pool uh, in hospitals have that so they have the flexibility with their traveling nurses. Some have kind of just like, I'm only here and I only go this one unit or, or other unit. So sometimes people really get upset when they have to go to another place out of their comfort zone 
but it's within the, the um, parameters of their contract. And so they really have to um, kind of be willing to uh, willing and also understanding of that can happen. And when it does, mm-hmm. take a deep breath, talk to somebody, um, it's going to be okay. There are others there. Um, if there's others, usually other um, agency nurses around, you can um, talk to them or even your recruiter. Uh, which is probably the first person you like to really, but if it's in the middle of the night, like me, I work overnight, you're not gonna, you're not gonna wake up Susan <laughs> two in the morning, mm-hmm. um, or whatever it might be. Uh, but definitely reach back to uh, the agency, uh, if you're having, um, trouble or adjustments. Um, and understand that coming into the contract side of the agency, um, nursing can be very fluid. And again, that word flexibility, things change. It can get intense quickly um, in nursing, as we know, um, and just got to be willing to roll with it. Yeah, that's the. I think that's the best way to put it, being able to roll with whatever comes at you. And I, it's easier said than done, but <laughs> it's the best way to deal with it, right? Because there's just so many adjustments happening constantly during placement, always a new place, always a new parking lot. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of things that are always fluctuating. And, um, you know, do you have any advice, uh, Shannon or Suzanne, on how to deal with adjustments that happen during a placement? How would you like to see nurses deal with it? Um, that's kind of a catch-22, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because that expectation needs to be set up for them first. I don't think that everybody has that expectation to be set up. Um, and, you know, it's my job to let someone know, like, hey, when you go to this hospital, you know, it is in your contract that you may be floated to other units or similar units that you are able to work in. So if I if I tell people that up front and then they're on the ground and that happens, the first thing I want for them to do is let me know because I want to know what's happening on the ground there. I'm not there in their shoes. I'm not seeing what's happening on their day-to-day. So I want their feedback on, you know, what their expectation was and what's actually happening on the ground. And then we can kind of talk about, hey, was that really you know, what we discussed previously going in. Do you feel comfortable doing these things? Is this in your scope of practice? Are you still getting a safe patient ratio? And as long as all the boxes being are checked off and, you know, they're at a comfort level with what they're being asked to do, then I feel like we're doing a pretty decent job at making sure that they're, you know, within a safe scope of practice. If something isn't what it's supposed to be, and I tell everyone, you know, I've told Paul as well, just let me know. Tell me that something is not what it's supposed to be. Tell me that they put you in a unit where you have no experience in because we're going to do what we can on our side to advocate for, you know, our people and make sure that we say, hey, this this isn't supposed to be happening right now. They don't have any experience here. Is someone training them? Do you have another, you know, person on, on site that's helping them in things that they're not comfortable with? And then, you know, whatever discussion follows that is what happens. But as long as we're communicating about what's happening and as long as our expectations are set beforehand, I feel like it's a decently thing, easy thing to navigate. Uh, I think Paul and Susie both hit, hit it on the nail on the head. Um, but really for me, the key thing is not to wait. You know, if there's any adjustments, especially if it's something that, you know, especially if it's something that the provider's making a big decision on, right? If it's important to them or, you know, hey, you know, I'm thinking that I want to con- cancel my contract, you know, in the middle of this contract because things have changed. The important thing is to understand that this is a this is truly a, a relationship, right, between us and our providers. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we always want to have 
our, our providers' backs, right? And any type of decision that they make. But we want to we want to make decisions from a consultative approach as an agency. The only way we can do that, though, is if we get feedback from our providers, you know, as timely as possible. You know, to Paul's point, right? He's working a night shift. It, it might be two a.m. in the morning, but we know Paul will reach out to Susie at 2 a.m. in the morning or 3 a.m. in the morning, right, with a text or an email or something. And that way, Susie, first thing when she walks in the door, she already knows what she's stepping into. And then hopefully by that point, we can come up with a game plan, right, internally. Um, then we can communicate with Paul. But, you know, waiting, you know, for things to pan out or waiting for things to come out is never really the approach that you should take, especially if you're a new travel nurse, right? Just be transparent with your company as well. It's twofold. You know, we want our nurses to be transparent with us and we'll be – We'll be as fully transparent with them. Um, that that way, any type of issues that come up are always streamlined, right? And I think that's that's the main important thing. You know, healthcare. You know, the healthcare industry operates twenty four seven. Patients they they aren't waiting on they aren't waiting on the agency. Patients aren't waiting on the nurses, right? Well, technically they are, but 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 at the end of the day, um, you know, timing is key. You know, and if, if big adjustments or changes come up, similarly for agencies as well, um, you know, we want to make sure that everybody's informed timely. Absolutely. Timing is key, exactly as you said. And, you know, getting feedback from your pri- providers is just an incredibly important component of, to all of this, uh, just so you're not waiting to the last minute for these issues to be resolved. So, Paul, I want to ask you, what are some of the ways that you can rely on your recruiter? And, you know, what, in your opinion, makes a good recruiter relationship? Sure. Uh, and we've touched on this uh, communication. Uh, and I've been able to have that with Suzanne, um, having her accessible to answer questions, answer frustrations uh, whenever things arose. If I ever had a challenge with family, or uh, in my case, as you can see, a little one here, um, life happens, right? You can't stop it. Uh, we have three children. Oh, buddy. Um, he's a little sick today. And um, being able to share that with uh, people back on the ground at the agency uh, is really paramount to, to know, like, hey, this is what's going on with uh, my nurse uh, and their, their life. Um, so that help, that's all helpful to kind of the big the picture of, like, this is our person on the ground at that facility. And so me being able to, to text or email or however call and talk to my recruiter uh, and share um, my frustrations or what's going on at night. Um, or this is, hey, I missed a, I, one time I had to leave work or uh, missed a shift because I had to take care of my family. Um, and I just said, hey, this is what I'm going to say to the hospital. And Suzanne just reaffirmed, hey, that's that's what we want you to say. That's appropriate. Uh, so everybody's on the same page about what's going on uh, at that time and place. Absolutely. So just keeping that open transparent transparency and communication, uh, open communication pathways with your recruiter and just being able to talk to them about anything. And that's just a very helpful process. Well, uh, is there any last points or last uh, things that you want to drive home to the audience today uh, before we close out the conversation? Uh, Paul? It, it's been a It's been a really awesome journey thus far. And um, there's a lot of flexibility in uh, contract nursing, agency nursing. Um, and uh, it's not necessarily for everyone, but everyone who wants to try it, there's, there's opportunities out there. Um, and uh, I bet people are really nervous in the beginning. It's the first time. Uh, but 
it takes a couple of weeks and you realize, oh, I, this is just being a nurse, but now I, I'm, I'm doing it a little bit of a different way slightly. Uh, and you can have a really great time, a great experience, uh, in a different place, different facility. And you're constantly learning, uh, all the time. And so, uh, you get to do it through this travel, um, agency experience. Uh, you're, you're just going to take away uh, so much kind of knowledge and experience and it'll just kind of not so to play on words, but catapult you into your next uh, opportunity, <laughs> whether it's your, uh, you're going to continue that contract, go on to another one. Like the possibilities are really unlimited uh, in this space for nurses uh, to grow, to, to, to gain financially um, and have a, a wonderful kind of uh, addition to their nursing career. Absolutely. And Shannon, do you have any last thoughts? I would say if you're on the fence about travel nursing, just give an agency a call. Matter of fact, give Catapult Healthcare a call, right? We'd want to be at least the first person that you're talking to to help you make that decision, right? Um, and we understand that, you know, with, with nowadays, right, we're, we're in a technology uh, driven industry, right? Or all industries are driven by technology and you never want to lose that human touch, right? And so, Look at travel nursing as a step into a career change, right? Look at travel nursing as taking that leap of faith, but just know with Catapult Healthcare, you know, especially in kind of what we pride ourselves on is that you won't have to make that decision alone and you won't have to take that journey alone. We'll be there throughout the entire step of the process. Although we have a lot of things automated internally, you will never be alone. Our, our recruiters are always there. You know, we like to advocate a 24 seven policy. Um, but you just, you know, just, at the end of the day, just talk to somebody, right? Talk to another, talk to a fellow travel nurse or talk to a staff nurse who may have done travel nurse in the past. You'd be surprised the amount of people have done it for a sin in time. Um, and, and just give it a try um, and call us up. We'll, we'll get everything taken care of. Absolutely. That's the best way to really know is to just interview, right? Interview, meet someone who's in the field, ask them their, your questions. And that's wonderful that Catapult could be an advocate in that way. And you said to give you a call. Is, is there some place that people can find uh, Catapult's number to get in contact? Yeah, so you can find us online at uh, www.catapulthealthcare.com. Um, and all of our contact information is there as well, myself, Susie's. Um, and we're actually going through uh, a rebranding facelift, um, per se. Uh, that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned. Um, we'll have a new website. It'll be tied to the same alias, but everything will remain constant. It'll just be nice and brand new. Awesome. And Suzanne, do you have any last thoughts before we close out? Uh, yeah, I mean, just piggybacking off of Shannon, what Shannon said, if you're interested about travel nursing, even if you've done it before and maybe you're you know, working staff again and thinking about coming back into it, have some reservations, I have talked to so many people that, you know, maybe we weren't the best agency fit or maybe they found a better contract somewhere else. I would still love to hop on the phone and talk to anybody about it anytime. I love answering questions. I love, um, you know, going against challenges and picking apart your brain and letting you pick apart mine. So, I mean, yeah, we're here for you. We, we love to talk to people. We love to talk to nurses and allied health. And, you know, even if you just want to call and complain to me about what you're mm -hmm. dealing with, and then let me know what you're you know, looking for in the next few months. All of our team is here to do it. And we are very excited for anyone who's able to reach out to us. That's so incredible. And you can find all their contact information at www.catapulthealthcare.com. Is that correct? That's yes. correct. 
Awesome. Well, you know, that wraps up our conversation for today. So a big thank you to Shannon, Suzanne, and Paul for joining the conversation today about the journey and, you know, the processes of using an agency. And if you want to learn more about Catapult Healthcare and all of the wonderful things they do, please visit catapulthealthcare.com and make sure to check out this podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts at.